New jingle, new voices. Welcome to this special guest season of Retrain Your Brain with me, chartered psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. In this season, I am privileged to speak to so many well-being guest experts to learn all about their field and to give you loads of practical tips and tools to live your best life. Something my husband always says when I have an artisan coffee is, what about the tea? So for all you tea lovers, it is my pleasure to welcome back Dr. Sharon Hall of the UK Tea and Infusions Association to talk about the many benefits of one of our favourite drinks. Welcome back to the lounge, Sharon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Audrey. It's lovely to speak to you again. Oh, it's so much fun for you to be here. Now, why is that cup of tea so good for the soul? Such an interesting question, isn't it? And we always say when we we drink a cup of tea, it's like that ah moment. But I think there's something really comforting about our traditional cuppa. And consumers actually, we surveyed a thousand consumers and they told us that they find drinking tea to be calming. It makes them feel less stressed or anxious. They also told us it helps improve their mood. I think over two thirds of them said that having a cup of tea makes them feel better if they're having a very stressful or busy day. Mm. And I think in times like this, when supporting mental health and, and well-being is more important than ever, tea's got a really important role to play because it's always time there for us, isn't it? In times of trouble and grief, we always support each other and offer, they say, tea and sympathy, don't they? <laughs> um, but it's also at the heart of many a celebration. Uh, we do call it a tea party after all, don't we? Again, yes, I never thought of that. I'm going to reflect on that now. It takes time to boil the kettle, to brew the tea, and to really enjoy it. And in so many ways, that can be a wonderful moment, a wonderful ritual to stop you from rushing into something or reacting immediately. And so on that, do you have any rituals or tea drinking rituals that you could share to make that cuppa really count for us? I actually saw a fantastic campaign on social media being run by uh, Pucker Tea and it's called hashtag time to take two and it's encouraging everyone to try um, 21 days of self-kindness which I loved and we're often so kind aren't we to people around us but it's just as important to be kind to ourselves yep and you can do this by taking two minute breaks throughout the day to take a pause and, and reflect and I thought to myself the time it takes to boil your kettle and brew a tea or infusion is the perfect way to take that short two-minute break. They say on the campaign, you know, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. Mm -hmm. So the campaign invites people to take two minutes every day for 21 days. And I was looking at the benefits of this. I thought they're just exactly the same as tea drinking. So you can take that time to tap into how you're really feeling. You can reconnect with your breath, reflect on your day so far and take a moment to be grateful, practice some gratitude and um, time to to move your body and stretch. And um, you asked me about my tea ritual and actually my kitchen, where my kitchen faces during the day, the sun shines in on a good day like today uh, on the spot where the kettle is. So while I'm boiling the kettle, those couple of minutes, I I actually do sort of stand there, absorb the, the, the light and the heat, close my eyes and just breathe. And then when the kettle's boiled and I I wait for the tea to brew, so that's another couple of minutes, I take that time just to stretch my body out because 
I think if you're like me and you're sat at your laptop or your desk all yeah. day, A, taking those breaks is really important. B, just stretching out your body and breathing for a moment is perfect. What you're talking about really is informal rituals because sometimes I think when I teach things like the gratitude journal or self-care it can feel a bit I must do this I have to set aside time to do this particular thing and and that takes the whole self-care moment out of it if you're thinking I must add this to my day whereas if we're just waiting for the tea to brew if we're waiting for the kettle to boil that's just a moment that we have that we can make the most of that's beautiful Absolutely. And I mean, important to mention, and obviously you know this, that tea has many traditional ceremonies and rituals and each country has its own customs that have been developed over many years. But in those scenarios, I think the common idea is is really connecting people through tea. And I think that's the other aspect of it. So there's these rituals we can do by ourselves and those can be improved by using your favourite cup or mug or teapot. And then there are those that we can do with other people, which are about connection and sharing, which I think is really lovely as well. Very much so, because I often go to tea shops or coffee shops to have a chat with a friend. And that sort of thing is great. But then I look at the menu and if it's a tea shop, there is such a selection of tea I feel completely overwhelmed and then I end up going, oh, I'll have a green tea because I understand that and I know what that one is. <laughs> I mean, how would you help me expand my repertoire, but maybe not try something where I suddenly think, oh, oh, no, that's too much. Or <laughs> I, I absolutely get it. You know, I'm a regular black tea drinker, so usually English breakfast blends. But since joining the tea and infusions industry, I've really started to experiment more. And we have a podcast actually called Around the World in 80 Teas. It's on YouTube um, at UK Talking Tea. And that's a great place to start because we take virtual trips with tea industry experts to different origins around the world. And we talk about the teas that are produced there and what the environment is like where those teas are grown. And we've had such a good response to this. You know, we're, we're on our second series now and we, we keep traveling around the world. There's, I mean, there's so many teas to go out, which I, I understand your comment about that, that it can be a little bit overwhelming. To go a bit outside both my black tea habit and your green tea habit, my personal recommendation would be to try an oolong and it oolongs are almost it's a it's a little bit of um you know it's a bit undermining to oolongs because they're amazing but they sort of say they're somewhere between a black and a green but um they're the ultimate tea actually for people who think they don't like tea and they can have a wonderful floral quality they're they're traditionally from uh, china and taiwan and they're sort of semi-oxidized so black teas are heavily oxidized green teas not so much and then oolong sit in the middle. So it's how they're processed, but they can have lovely floral liquors like lily of the valley, narcissus, orchid smells. You don't need to add milk to them. So those people that don't want to drink milk, this is a great tea to try. The other one, if you really want to try the champagne of teas, uh, you should try a first flush Darjeeling. <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessed by these. And again, these are black teas, but they're a little bit less oxidized. So freshness is important. And that champagne of Darjeeling tea is the first flush, which comes, it's the new spring leaves that come mid-March and it makes a beautiful tea. So um, those would be my two recommendations to start. But if people really want to 
understand the breadth of tea there are two fantastic books so one's by will battle and it's mm -hmm. called uh, the world tea encyclopedia and the other one is jane pettigrew's world of tea i would say just enjoy experimenting you might surprise yourself <laughs> oh wow and then this is a little cheeky question here sometimes i like to have a cake with my tea <laughs> Is there something that goes quite well? <laughs> Actually, I mean, I think you raise a really interesting question there because I do think we sort of traditionally think, at least in the UK, tea and biscuit. But teas, different teas pair so well with all sorts of things. Mm. So if you had a smoky tea, for example, like a lapsang, that would go really well with cheese. So, yeah, and I think something like a, an Assam, which is a, you know, a heavier black tea and you would have that with milk would be really perfect with a slice of cake. Brilliant. I know what to ask for now. <laughs> it's a good start, isn't it? Because this way I can feel confident asking for this. And then by doing that, I think I can build the confidence to go and try something else and see if it pairs with a different cake or a different food or those sorts of things. That's brilliant. Now, last time we spoke, we talked about the hashtag SmartBoil campaign, which is great. And since then, I am so proud. I have been boiling just what I need. That's that's it. It's faster. The tea does taste better. I was skeptical at first, but I, I see it. I taste it. I recognize it. So how is that campaign going? Well, since I spoke to you, Audrey, we had fantastic pickup of the campaign. It was mentioned at COP26 in Glasgow, and it was picked up as part of the Pledge to Change campaign, because I think people really got the idea that this was a small, manageable change that they could cope with. Yeah. And as we talked about before, it, it also had the benefits of saving time, as you said, but money and energy. And I think it's that feel good factor that we're doing, you know, we're taking a small step to help mitigate climate change that gives you that extra feel good. Like you, I've been measuring out the water that I need with my mug and I, it's just an embedded habit for me now. In fact, my, my partner's not very good at it. I keep telling him off for putting too much water in the kettle. So I've, I've now got to work on training um, him up, but with you know, rising energy costs. And I know that people are very worried about that. Anything yes. you can do to make savings is really important. And as you say, it just makes the tea taste better. Always using that freshly drawn water. Yep. The freshly drawn water, you're improving the taste. I think you're also improving the aroma. And there's definitely some emerging evidence that tea drinking black or green, um, but the inhalation of the aromas of certain teas, such as Darjeeling or Assam, could aid relaxation, lower stress, um, reduce dementia risks. So they've shown that actual protein, and this is about a science heavy as I'll get, a protein marker that you find in the saliva for stress reduces when people inhale the aromas of these teas. So, I, you know, obviously more research is needed, but I think it's very interesting that if we take the time to enjoy our cuppa, enjoy how it smells, enjoy how it tastes. We're going to get so much more out of it. Yes. And actually, we're taking that moment for ourselves anyway. Exactly. Brilliant. Exactly. Now, you've talked to us about the podcast Around the World in 80 Teas. I think that's fabulous. Your book recommendations. Where can we learn even more? A great place to start is our website, which is easyt.co.uk. And you can also follow us on um, Twitter and Instagram at UK Talking Tea. And we're now on Facebook as well, which is at UK Talking Tea and Infusions. So uh, yeah, there's lots of places to 
find out more about the wonderful world of tea drinking. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. And thank you for having me. I love talking to you. Always such a pleasure, Sharon. Thank you so much. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.